Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Gloria O'Neill Savage, author, professional singer, and co-founder of the first certified school for alternative health. She had a near-death experience where she encountered God, Jesus, and angels, and today we're going to learn about it. Gloria, thank you for being my guest today and welcome. Well, thank you, Jeff. Um, I'm honored to be here and I'm grateful that you invited me. Thank you. All right, Gloria, if you don't mind, can we start on the day that your NDE happened and go from there? Okay. Uh, the day my the, it actually happened was the day after I was admitted into the hospital um, and my skin was green and my joints were all swollen and puffy and red. And I was really very sick. The whites of my eyes were green. And my mom told me they were trying to, you know, was I on drugs or anything, which wasn't the case. My appendix had ruptured is what happened. Mm. And so it was all through my system. And so I just, I'm not going to, I went into the emergency room several times and they admitted me and um, uh, then I just went out. And um, the next thing I know, I was in this uh, large, very large cathedral type place, but it's beyond like the, the rows that go up stadium style are like fathomless you can't even see the end of them but I was down praying 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 God forgive me God forgive me please forgive me and everybody is praying around me in shrouds and they were all praying in the same language which is not the one I speak it's not English and it's not a language I know and I took Latin um, and it wasn't that but it was more towards Latin um and anyway I was just praying 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 and in the center is and it seemed like probably about 20 30 40 feet from me is was this light being in this on this what seemed like a stone type of chair and in fact the whole place is more like stone if you will or marble or like it's it's hard to explain but then on either side is these are two light beings and all around in an oval shape are angels uh, and they're just everything everybody I don't know about to say buddy but uh it they're all worship like in like they could you can't imagine being this happy it's they're radiating this love and worship like it's to to this god to god in the center and it you you it from their expression you i can feel that it is the ultimate place for any anything to evolve to be is because you can be by the being that loves you that created you that is created everything in life and i have i don't see with my eyes there's, I'm not feeling with my hand. The sensory thing is what's different. You feel it, you see it, but it's not the same like here on earth. So I'm just praying, praying, praying. And then all of a sudden, I get sucked into this being. Like it's my time or my turn or something. And I get absorbed, just engulfed and surrounded in this whole glowing light and the light is beyond, I want to say golden and white, but that's not enough. I, it's, it's just all beyond everything here. And it's musical. And all I hear over and over and over is, I, you, I love Gloria. I love you. I love you. I like, 
like every cell in my body is being, even though I don't like have a body necessarily, but you, everything is being washed with this love and this light. And it is, you can't, I have been in love many times and like real, not many, but really in love with someone where like my whole body is singing, like when I, with my ex-husband and it's so far beyond that, how that love feels in you, washing you, washing you, washing you. Next thing I know, I'm walking with Jesus. And we're just walking along and we're walking in this garden and there's fountains and flowers and everything is lit up inside. So everything is this luminous effervescent and colors like I said that we don't have down here or not with these eyes um and I'm not I don't have to I'm not colorblind or something uh I, so it's just this amazing intense color and we're walking along not really because it's float walking is what I call it because it's not like I'm walking along with my feet but we're walking along and oh I look over because this is heaven, I guess, this garden is. And then I look over and I see all these people lined up with these buildings. And they're all going into this one building. And I'm like, hey, I think, let's, let's go see what that is over there. And um, she's okay. So we go floating over there. And then I'm like, wow, I know these people. And then as we go up the steps and into the building, I think, wow, I really know these people. These are like close friends. And as we go in there, now it's cousins and relatives. I have a big Irish Catholic family. And there's a lot of people that relatives and cousins. And the next thing I know, I'm getting, there's a room that goes off to the side and there's chairs and there's my siblings. I, there's, I'm one of seven and they're all, and my aunts and so forth. And they're all sitting in there and really very sad. And my nephew is uh, my uh, oldest sister who has crossed over and has come back to visit and help me many times now, but she was alive then. And he's at her knee. I think he was about four, maybe at the time, something like that. And, um, and I just adore him. And he's asking my sister, her, his mother to explain what's going on. And she just shakes her head and she has no words, which is not my sister, because she always had answers for everything. She was the coolest. And I see my mom, and my mom is just wrecked. And it feels awful. And then we're like, because we're on the ceiling. So I float over to this uh, casket down there. And I look down, and sure enough, it's me. I'm like, oh, boy. So I quick zip back in the floating ceiling but like really fast like a ufo zip. and then i tell jesus oh my gosh you got to get me back i can't they can't handle this look at them you got to get me back there and so um jesus is like you want to go back i'm like yes i have to they can't handle this i can't leave them like this and oh sorry and uh Next thing I know, I'm like, Zip! so I'm in my body. And I look over, here's my mom. I'm in the hospital room. My mom is laying on my arm, crying. And happy days is on the TV, which is hysterical when I think about it. And I go, don't worry, mom, I'm going to be okay. Jesus just told me I'm going to be just fine. And so my mom's like, oh, my God, God love you. Even now, you're trying to make me feel better. And... um. You know, it happened these times. So I was with her for like a second, it seemed like. And then I went, boom, right back out again. Poor mother. And uh, this is a terrible thing for my mom to go through. I'm sorry. And uh, next thing I know, I'm like running, 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 running in the jungle. And I know the difference between a jungle and the woods because I spend as much time as possible in the woods every day with my dog and so I'm like running like barefoot like I'm native or something I mean I've got you know the atypical kind of native garb on and um running jumping over things barefoot 
right? And just, and this panther, this black panther is chasing me. And I am sweating profusely, running, 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 running. And then all of a sudden it was like, zoop. And then I wake up and this is a long time difference between when I came to before and when I came to the second time, this time. And, um, but because I wake up and I'm in my body, but I cannot move anything. And I know I'm conscious and aware, like when I died, you could, you see everything just not with your regular eyes. It's like 360 view. And, uh, but there's a priest and there's two nuns there and they're giving me my last rites. So I can see them, but not with my eyes. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, they don't know I'm here. I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. I'm trying to move my eye, a finger, anything. And I just can't get anything to move. I'm like, oh my gosh, they think I'm I'm not, I'm here, I'm here. So next thing I know, I'm out of my body and I go floating over, you just floating on the ceiling, which I get why they say you come down here. Like in, now I know it's this dimension, earth dimension, third dimension. And you you float, I'm floating over there and I'm trying to shake my mom's shoulders. No, I'm here, I'm here. She can't feel me. I know my sister is standing there. One of my sisters, Bev, is standing there and she's trying to, she's like, just like not wanting to believe it. And the doctor is telling my mother, I'm sorry, Mrs. O'Neill, you're just going to have to come to terms with this and think about making arrangements and all this. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, they think I'm gone. I'm not gone. I'm here. So then I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't even get anybody to know that I'm here. So I jump back in my body, which really is nothing more than a clay vessel. Like it's mine, but it doesn't. It's not the same. It's because I don't feel like it's well alive it's just basically a vessel that i'm my spirit is totally separate from okay which is why i can't get anything to move i guess and so finally i'm just oh god help me Jesus. you told me i could come back god help me help me push i push i push i push i push i push finally i get my eye to open <laughs> okay so then they, of course they're trying to act like everything's just okay and um but now i know i have these i have two tubes out my nose i have a tube out my mouth i've got two out the side and it's pumping this green which which i now know is bio out my and i kept they cut me open from the you know right from the middle of my chest right here all the way down to the top of my hip and open that whole thing up they had to take all my organs out and clean them and put them back in because it was just swimming in this poison and um but now this stuff is making me nauseous and sick and so I start vomiting and I I'm like oh my god I'm trying to hold my stomach it's terrible but I but at the same time I was back I was back and that and there's my mom and I'm here and that meant everything to me but I know God was is real these angels are real and if you think about someone you how you have loved the most you think you possibly can love and I'm an all in their person so if I'm whatever I do I'm in it it's nowhere it's almost it's like a speck in comparison to what that love feels like it really is so that's my story. Gloria, thank you for sharing your experience with us. What did Jesus look like? Did you see him? You know, it's just in a picture in my mind, even though the being is there, but sort of, you know, typical beard, mustache type of thing. It's not, but it's not as much as it's this image. It's an, it's an energy. And I thought about that and I thought, well, that would be the only being I would be even aware of at that time. Because I didn't know my ancestors, anybody that had crossed over before. And so what I personally think is that that was what they know would make me feel safe. Okay, not that, I mean, I love Jesus and walk with Jesus, but I think 
every when my dad crossed over, my sister was there who had passed before him. And I know she was with she was waiting to help him cross over. Besides what you told us, did you have any other conversations with Jesus that you can remember? Not that I can remember. However, I have come back with this whole uh, knowledge about healing with color and sound and uh, like uh, the aromatherapy and all of it, which is it's something I find because I actually didn't read about anybody else's MBE for over 10 years. I didn't want anything in mind. I didn't, I only told my sister, my mom, and my one friend that actually forced me to co- tell my mom how sick I was because I was hiding. Mm-hmm. And um, it, those are the only people I would share it with. And the reason was I just didn't want anybody to march on my soul in a way, you know, like I just, it was like this precious thing for me. And so it wasn't until over a decade later that I was talking to other people and I started to know different people from events and praying and going to uh, um, classes, courses, whatever things, uh, learning about herbs and oils and all of that. And uh, so that's, yeah. So when you were in the room with God and the angels, oh, yeah. did God just appear like a ball of energy or something or a, or a being that was kind of like an energy looking being or what? Being that was more like an energy looking being. So it's not like God, like you see in the pictures sort of thing. It was this, it's a being and it's this emanating light as were the two sort of smaller beings on either side of this big stone chair. And, um, but when I got sucked into it, that was all like a ball of light. I mean, it was like, I'm swimming in a ball of light. Like that's what it felt like to me, but it could be the size of an ocean. I wouldn't know. It's just that I, it was like my time. And so all everything is singing to me that I'm loved like but that's God everything it's almost like you became part of God yeah I think we already are quite frankly from that I you know when you think I'm, I just look we're living in the God mind and we we're just not aware of it as conscious like it's to become conscious to see and to feel it once but we we are now, down here is the lessons of Earth distilling our soul, but that's another story. You said that you told your mom and your sister about your experience. Right. Did you yeah. tell them I was there and I was trying to tell you that, hey, I'm here, I'm here, and you weren't listening? And if so, what was their response? Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, but that's when my sister said, I was trying to tell them there's no way she's leaving. I'm not going to believe that. My mom is more of a not just, oh, God, love you, honey. And I think it was, I mean, what a traumatic thing for my mom to have to go through that, you know. And so she could barely even put, she just doesn't really put any words to it. Just God love you, honey, type of thing. And Mm -hmm. I'm not going to push it with anybody or, um, because if it hurts, right, that's no point in that. Was it kind of verifiable for them when you told them, yeah, I was here and the doctor said you just have to make arrangements and stuff? Oh, yeah. They were talking about that. They absolutely were talking. You could, I could see the whole room. You could see the whole room, out the hall. Um, yeah, you could see everything. And, and, and so, yes, telling them about that, that is exactly what was happening. How did they respond to that? Um, you, you could tell them exactly what happened. At the time... It's mostly just like, <laughs> what can someone say? Uh, I met, and you know, I was only 17 at the time. And low so many years ago. What do we have at back then even, especially? Because nobody, we didn't, weren't having any of these conversations like we do now about this. Because um, that was 1976. So there, these conversations were just not taking place out there. And I'm already different enough that I'm not going to push that back then. <laughs> so, um, but my friend was just 
she's already experienced me telling her I was worried about a friend of ours that I'm, I know she's going to die. I'm very worried about this. And while I'm telling her that story in her basement, her mom, the phone rings upstairs and her mom calls down Denise. And I know that is this girl's mother. And it was, and the girl passed away. I tried to have a whole, introduce a whole drug program into the school. And the only thing the principal would, vice principal would say to me is, well, uh, I don't think we need this at this uh, school. There's not a problem here. Well, who are these children doing drugs? And I'm like, oh gosh, well, yeah, that's not going to happen. I'm not telling here to tell you who's doing drugs at the school. I'm trying to help. I want people to get educated about this stuff. That's all. Do you think this experience affected you in your singing ability? I, I can't tell you that it has. I, I've always sang since I was little, They and, but Quite frankly, my you know family would go shut up, shut up, you know, because I'm just doing my thing, singing at the top of my lungs and having a ball. And um, but I will tell you that something very magical does happen when I'm singing. And is it something beyond me, you know, coming through? Well, gosh, I hope so. People tell me that. I mean, they do say. I mean, people cry and. Of course, I'm a cry. I'm a, you can see I'm a crier. So sorry, you might get a little crying in there going That's on. Okay. So um, how do you think this experience changed you? Uh, well, I know that God is real. That's my name. I, I people can. I'm not trying to push any kind of religion for sure. Um, and that I feel. Actually, I, I, I end up getting therapy <laughs> um, in life, and I this my particular therapist. I went to one, and she started. Oh, so you think you're on a mission? And I'm, and then she starts scribble, 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 and I'm like, oh boy, I better get out of here. Don't be locking me up, right? Because no, I don't think I'm God or anything like that. I that's not what I think. Um, but I understand now, I think in your limbic system, when you connect to God, people, it just, it's like a hop, skip and a jump into thinking you're this or you're that when I, so I could see how it happened, but it's not what I believe. I believe I'm an expression of God, an extension of God. It's interesting that you believe that you had a mission because I think some people during their NDE will, um, feel like they came back for a purpose. Absolutely. So the next therapist, okay, so the next therapist, thanks, you brought me back. The next therapist I went to, she, I like, first off, you had to take your shoes off, which I thought was groovy. And so then I walk in her place and I'm thinking, wow, this looks like I designed it. I'm very comfortable. She's got rain sticks and feathers and all these gemstones and crystals and groovy books I've read. And so I'm walking around in there. And so she sits on her chair. She's a big girl, Sarah. And she got her, has her legs crossed on the chair, like her feet up, which is not typical. We don't, we're not, I, we're not ever allowed to have your feet on the furniture. So, so I'm looking at her and she goes, so you think I'm big and bad enough to handle you? And I'm like, what? I guess so. Well, what should I lay down over here? Do you want me to sit? What do you want? She goes, you could do whatever you want. And so when I sat down, she says, before a client comes to me the first time, I always pray and meditate. And I ask my guides what to how to deal with this, my new client. And she says, um, so they told me to ask you, uh, what do you know about the other side, about being on the other side? I'm like, what? So I, I, I said, well, what do you mean? Like, what? being on the other side you mean like dying she goes mm-hmm. and I'm like well I have it's happened yes I have crossed over and come back and then she and she says I that has happened to me too then she says not only do I never tell people that that's what I do I talk to my guides but they told me to tell you that then she crawls over on her hands and knees. And this is a big woman. I mean, a, not, it's not typical, right? For a professional woman crawling on the floor with her bare feet and all this. And she crawls over to me and she says, so your mission 
should you choose to accept it is what? I was like, whoa, I can't believe you just said that. I mean, wow, what a, talk about God guiding me to the, like I always called her my space station landing. So yeah, I do feel like I'm on a mission and I want people to know God is real. That I think people just need to know they are loved. God loves me. I mean, that's, but we, but that just to try to live right in that in this life, we're trying to alchemize ourselves to, to, so that you can hold more of that light and that and love of God. I mean, it's just beyond anything. So what I also say is, you know what it's like heartbreak or like if you can't be with that person you love down here well that magnified by a bazillion times how you when you know your being our being knows our soul knows home our soul knows god it's uh, expression of god now we have that entanglement theory they talk about well that's god too that's us from god our soul is entangled with god forever I think, I mean, I guess you could, maybe you could mess up really bad or something, but I mean, if you, I don't know. I can't even think about it because, oh, that's the other thing. When I came to, it was like, no judging, no judging, no judging. So I can't judge any, I wouldn't know. You, I don't have to let anybody hurt me or someone in front of me. And that's one thing I cannot abide by. If you try, to, if you do anything to someone in front of me or you're hurting someone, it's like a lion comes out of me or something. That's not okay. Hmm. Me, um, not so much. <laughs> you told us two experiences: one where you were with God and Jesus, and went to yeah. the, to like your funeral, and then you came mm -hmm. you came back, and then you went like you were running through the jungle. Do right. you think that was a second NDE, or you were reliving a past life? I think that it was a second NDE um, because of how it felt. Uh, and then I think it was more, more like a spirit animal catching, trying to catch me. Um, and because I'm all, I, I'm all about alternative medicine. Not that I'm against allopathic medicine. I am not, but I do. I'm quite, in fact, I don't think this, I know we're going towards a more integrated approach of using our body, our sound, our light, like I do when I work on people, tuning forks, all natural things. And I didn't, like I said, I hadn't, I wouldn't look at anybody else's stuff. But when I, they asked me to write for the INDES, International Near-Death Experience Studies. Uh, and I did that, that was a long time ago, back in maybe 06 or 07. And um, then I read some other people and I'm like, oh, well, this person's also doing this sort of healing with all these alternative things, vibration. It's healing with vibration and frequency and the light. Like I think light balls, like little plasma balls turn the DNA spiral even. And uh, I, I asked my brother, who's a, a physicist, uh, electrical physicist, I said, can you make an instrument so that we could just sing into it and then it'll make the spectrum like a spec uh spectrography like we do with oils and stuff and then i think that uh we'll be able to go oh when you sing again then you you go oh look what's missing here in this color spectrum and that will have all correspondence to it about the, the plant the color the light the sound everything that we could heal with naturally do you feel like your experience is more real than here and this is a dream yes well i i actually at some points in my life since i've been back which is now a long time um but i have there has been time there have been times where i thought maybe i really didn't come back like am i over there and something's like i just got went to another place or something and and I'm somehow I'm not in the heavenly realm that way. Um, so I've actually even asked people, like, am I here? Or did, maybe I didn't come back. Maybe I just, I am dreaming I'm here now. Which, but that place is so much more real than here. 
even though it's not like when I'm becoming lucid in my dreams now in real life, I'll try to like touch myself or like pinch, you know, go, am I, you know, see if I'm, am I just dreaming this? In fact, one time I just had this dream not so long ago, my sister that passed away, the oldest sister I was talking about was the little boy, Barb. She, I'm in my, I'm at my old house where I was married and she's sitting at the, this, I had a jacuzzi tub and she's sitting there at this jacuzzi tub and I'm looking in this vanity mirror above the sink. I'm looking in there and I'm thinking, I think I'm sleeping. I'm pretty sure. What are you doing here? If I'm not, if I'm awake and I'm, I start trying to like, wait a minute. Then I go, wait a minute, I can't feel myself, so I am awake. And she looks at me and she says, yes, you're wide awake now. Then my dad from the dream world or from the other side is starts singing, it's time to get up. It's time to wake up. It's time to wake up in the morning. And, you know, morning is M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G also, but it is about waking up. And I we can be like a domino effect or like uh, one matchstick to another just to light. If I think we're doing that process right now at the end of this age of Pisces, you know, ruled by Neptune, which is illusions, the, the water. So people start going, oh, wait a minute. I think I, all of a sudden they see something and then it goes away. Uh, but that's what's happening. And that's why Jesus is walking on the water because he's above the age, he's above the illusion. So, and then, you know, we're going into Aquarius. What's that? The water bearer. It's not a water sign though. Everybody thinks it's a water sign. And the reason I believe that there's a water vessel that she's pouring out water because it's air sign is because that's what happens. The, the water breaks, the mother crowns and give birth to a new age. Jesus says, I'll be with you to the end of this age. Then you'll follow a woman with a jar. Of course, I changed the, the pronoun a little bit. And you'll go in, follow her into her house, which is Aquarius. And to me, that's Mary Magdalene, the return of the, that's the marriage of the divine feminine and the divine masculine. So Aquarius is the angel of man in the fixed cross in astrology. And there's three crosses in astrology, cardinal, fixed, mutable. On the Golgotha, which is Mountain, where Jesus is, being hung on the cross which is really the elements it's four squares which is saturn l uh lord of the rings and he's out there with the other two on either side that's astrology so that's cardinal fixed mutable and he's on the fixed cross which is ezekiel's wheel which is on every altar people don't even know that but that is and he falls three times even jesus falls three times with his cross i mean he's jesus he's raising the dead walking on water jesus you know but he falls i think that it's all allegorical it's all a mystery to unpack and he is this showing you because when you're on the cross in astrology and there's all these crosses forming now right it can you fall with the weight of that cross everybody does and we're just human let alone not be jesus Right. I mean, I think we're a Christed being within us. I'm not Jesus by I don't don't even my gosh. No, that would be scared the heck out of everybody. If you're Jesus, we're in trouble. <laughs> I'm very human down here. I don't know if you saw, after yeah. you got back, did you notice that you had any new cognitive abilities like that you could consider to be psychic? Oh, I'm psychic. Um did I have that? Be well, I knew that my friend was going to die. There were, I have had, and I knew why one time I was, um, I came home, I used to come home and, you know, try to quick grab something to eat from school and then quick get go to get on the bus to go down to work. Uh, that I, cause I worked, um, up, that was part of my marketing program in school. And when I came in the back door that day, I was like, uh oh, I was like walking into mashed potatoes. Oh almost and I thought what is it I'm like hello hello is there somebody here um and so I quick went I'm looking around and I'm thinking well it doesn't look like anything's out of place I don't see anything missing I'm looking in the parents my parents china cabinet things like that and I thought why well, still have to get 
dressed and go to work. So I just proceeded to do that. And I walked to, uh, ran into my sister on the way home, who she's coming home, from, my little sister, and she's coming home from school. And I said, Janet, I'm not sure, but I think I think our house might have been robbed. She's like, what? Because she's, you know, she's a nurse right now. She was always sensitive growing up, too. And um, I'm like, don't worry. I don't think there's nobody in there, but I might want to call mom and dad at the store. My parents had a store. And um, let them know. And by the time I got home, there was cops at my house and all this stuff that we had been robbed. Now, since I have died, I I didn't really pay attention to that before that. Let's put it that way. They Mm -hmm. would just come out of the blue. And so coming back, I really started just paying a lot more attention to, 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 to know what's going on or to, it, it was different. And I definitely tap into that. I actually asked God to stop, please. I don't want to see anymore. Cause the, it was the time of those, um, all those earthquakes, Haiti, Chile. And then when Fukushima happened, I was laying in bed and I could, I had to get up, sit up because I was getting so nauseous and, you know, it was like kind of right before you just fall asleep. So my, I'm spinning and spinning inside. And I heard that it, the earth's core was shifting. And the shifting of the core was moving the plates. And I had, I knew that there was that date to come. I predicted that day. I didn't know where, but I knew it was going to be something, a bad earthquake was going to happen. And um, then the next day, that was Fukushima. And so... And I could just, it was just too much for me to feel. I didn't want to feel all that pain and t- people hurting and uh, all that. So I begged God, I said, please take this away from me. Hmm. I don't want to feel all this. And what can I, uh, what can I do with it? Anyway, in fact, one time, it was not too long after that, I think. That may have been the experience because I was riding my bike and I'm praying and meditating. I just talked to God all day angels everything i just talked to the whole world the plants and everything because i everything is conscious in my everything is alive conscious the planets alive the planets out venus they're all living angels we read the angles they're living angel messengers out there guiding us uh into our alchemical chemical uh, christening from from the spiritual birth uh, but anyway, I'm wrestling with God over and over. I'm like, why would you let me feel this and see things if I can't do anything about it? If I can't, can't people aren't going to hear me or listen to me. What good is it? Then I realized that's the story of Jacob wrestling with God, right? And the angels are ascending and descending with the DNA, the spiral staircase. And um, then God renames him. That's when the word Israel even comes into existence when J- Jacob is wrestling. And so that even that was my personal, because we all have our personal formula about how God's waking us up. And that just so, ha- that, oh, I love that one happens, how God, I think, oh my God, I'm so lucky that you show me and you teach me and I feel so lucky to be knowing so i'm psychic but i at that time i was trying to not be psychic but i am it it happens sometimes more than others what do you think inspires you about your experience (laughs) everything um it's hard to go this this or this because knowing how those i could feel how those angels felt surrounding the throne and the I think they are thrones and they're just in work like that. They, you can't help but feel it and see it. it it's, it's this emanation into you um, that God loved me, that God, I'm swimming in God, that God is just love and light. And we're down here in it. And I say down here because I do believe we are down here because uh, everything was up when I died. I, we were up in the ceiling, we're float walking. It's not the same. Uh, in fact, when my, I had two angels come and pull me through like water. I was in my bathroom and it felt like, just like water, pulling my my head, just like if you're popping your head out of the pool, but it wasn't wet. 
And they pulled me and showed me something that actually was happening. And I came back and I was talking to this one of my um, coaches down here. And it's like, they, you ever see that Seinfeld episode where he tells George, you need a whole team, a whole team of therapists working on you. Mm. That's, that's probably me. Um, and she says, well, and the holy, the fire, the burning bush is fire that does not burn. So the Holy Spirit, which is absolute real. Uh, I pray to the Holy Spirit all day. I, for, I pray for thy will, the will of the Holy Spirit to come through me as best as possible in little old Gloria. But it's not, the fire doesn't burn. The water isn't wet. And that's, and I got that because it was, I thought that's how it was when I died. You feel it and experience it all, but down here on earth, it's all about the senses. So we have delicious food and music and you can, it, you can feel it in this earth body, which one time I was meditating and I, I saw this earth planet come at me like the Universal Studios logo and it said earth on it like raised gold letters. And then I heard the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And the, with then I, the H at the end of earth went spinning around into the front. And all of a sudden it was heart. And it was like, oh, this is the planet heart, they told me. And they said, then a key fell out. And they showed me this triangle key fell out. And this whale came over. And the key, this triangle like stone thing fell into this whale spout and the whale span swam off into the ocean and they said and fear and chaos swept in and people don't know that we're on planet heart now but we are I don't know how we wake up to this um because it I'll tell you at first I just was like thinking oh everybody's love I just have to show let everybody know God loves them and then they'll be loving and down here, I realize there are people that'll go, oh, they, I, I think they call it a mark or something. When like somebody wants to rob you or something, that would be me. Oh, here. Okay. I just figured, well, I know God loves me and God's going to take care of me. And I had to, I had to balance that out because I just was forgetting, no, Gloria, you're, you're down here. You have to survive. You have to eat. You have to have, make money down here and all that. And I would went so far to the opposite of that that I had to get that. That was just part of a lesson for me, right? And it's kind of, um, I guess you could say, it's, you, you could be kind of lazy to just want to just trust everybody because it's easier. Hmm. I don't know if I would consider that lazy. Well, I don't know. I try to find, you know, those there's. However, your mirror, whatever's coming in front of you is some mirror to you of who you are. And I believe that. And I, that was another thing. I went so far to everything. I know that God is real and I have to be better and way better than anybody because I know this. Not that I think I'm better, but I just felt like a responsibility to be, I guess. And so finally, my coach says, uh, she says, you're not that powerful. You're not causing everything. And so that was a good poke to help me come back here and go, oh, yeah, that's right. I am pretty fallible. And we all are. And so, yeah. Do you do you fear death at all? No, God, no. No, no, not even a, not remotely. I'm trying to not, uh, my therapist did, at one point she said so uh, uh you're pissed off you're back here and I'm like oh my god I think I am sometimes and I felt guilty and bad but it made that very cognizant for me very conscious about um I, I know I don't fear death what I fear is being doing the right thing down here <sighs> Not being too, like my one coach said, well, no, we need you to bring the out, what's out there in. So you have to be in your body and right here and so forth, as opposed to just going off and meditating and everything's lovely all the time and so forth. Now you have to be here and here is not easy for people, especially now. It's just not, even for me, it's just not easy. How could it, how can someone be down here and not 
this sadness or people going through things or because you get attached. I mean, it's, I've lost people now and I know they're here and they talk to me and help me and so forth, but you miss that physical being that you can hug and love and all that. But once your heart is connected, you're, I think you're forever connected to that, that person and you'll see them again. Um, absolutely. I mean, I see my dad's come to me. One time my dad, he comes to me in my dream and he's hugging me and holding me and he's got his uh, flannel shirt on and all that. I could smell his old spice and his cigarettes and, um, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I become lucid. He hugs me and I'm oh my God, dad. Oh, I miss, I love you, all that kind of stuff. And he's loving me. And next thing I know, John Lennon, after a period of enjoyment of this, John Lennon is like, he's in my bedroom, singing in my ear this song over and over and over. And uh, so then I went, oh, dad, I think I better, I better go write this down because I always think I'm going to remember something in there when I'm dreaming it. And then I don't. And so I had, I'm sorry, Dan, I gotta go, which, uh, you know, then I think, why did I do that? So I wake up and I wrote down, so writing all this song down that John Lennon was singing to me. Was that a song that you've never heard before? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you have, did, did you Love write it down? Is warming, waking us from sleep. We are in each other's arms to keep this earth alive. No more warring over gods to serve. I've got to sing this world from sleeping through this dream. Gleaming earth with a creamy Sorry, greening earth with clear blue skies and streams. No more death and dying for a cause. And only golden rules shall become laws. We are blooming light beings from the heart. It is because it was right from the very start. We are one. Awake and know we're one. We are one. A new day's just begun. We are love. Our life is blooming love. We are one. Um. Bravo. Great job. Thank you for sharing that. So you got you got that song. I mean, you got the melody, the lyrics, and everything yeah. right from your. And this was in a dream. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, I, the dream was my father, mm-hmm. and then that's different—a different level of dimension mm-hmm. than John Lennon was like spirit in my bed, like right there singing in my ear. No different than if I sang in your ear right now, that's mm-hmm. how it would feel. Like you could feel like the whole uh, vibration and all of that. What's amazing. Yeah. What's amazing is, is that you were able to get up, write it down and put down the melody and everything without forgetting. Because it. you can hear it all, but I can hear music, all of it anyway like the orchestration i could hear the guitar part the drum part the, i hear the whole in fact one time i was in school and uh it, it it just would play it plays like a whole stereo in me and um so it's like so loud and i'm like oh my god you better turn it like my whole body i'm like oh my gosh i'm trying to turn it down turn that down turn that down and i turn around to joey Mamino sitting behind me and i joey can you hear that music and he looks at me and he's like no what are you talking about <laughs> have you ever recorded that song um i just i did acapella i don't have i have I can't, I can not play an instrument well enough to do it in public. Let's put it that way. It would so, be amazing if like somehow they heard it, his family and said, yeah, we have him. He'd recorded the song before or something. You know what I mean? Oh my God, that would be 
would be that would be tripped. That would that would totally rock my world. I would love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think it's about this time. I mean, anyway, I'm sorry. That's okay. All right. I was thinking. I was going to say that I thought that that Paul McCartney pulled yesterday out of a dream. He just kind of had that melody over and over, and he was asking yeah. people, do, "Do you know this song? You know who wrote this song?" Oh, and so he just thought, "Oh, does this song exist?" I never even. That is the coolest. I've never even thought about that possibility. That's crazy. I love it. That would be amazing. Yeah, I would love that. You know, since you've had your experience, I feel pretty sure that people along your life have transitioned, you know, died and transitioned to the other side. How do you respond to their death since you've already been there? Do you feel sorrow or sadness that they're gone or do you feel joy because you know they went to an amazing place? Both. Both. So first, my sister passed, my oldest sister. She's 12 years older than me. And uh, she crossed over. We were all my whole, my siblings, you know, mom, everybody's there with my dad. Everybody is there at her house because she called us up and said, she's, you know, she's getting ready to cross over because she was just a really cool human. You know, I'm very blessed that I always felt like I was so fortunate to have her for the time being that time frame I did even get to have her in my life. And uh, so she was just sitting there like the most dignified. Uh, I know she was in a lot of pain because um, she had cancer, and um, uh, but she just, you know, my sister were just, we just all like it was just normal for us to just walk her over. I don't know how to explain that, but my sister was holding it. My sister Bev was holding her hand. Said, it's okay, and then she said, "Muzzy, there, Muzzy's my what they call my grandmother, which I was died before I came uh, on the planet, and." No, but she and that sister spent a lot of time because they lived next door. So my sister would go over and usually get the cinnamon toast from grandma. So they were close. Um, So she was, she's saying, oh, Muzzy's right there. She's waiting for you. It was very cool. I thought it was. And after a while, we're, we're all in there, like just crying and with her. And it's sad. And plus you can, you can feel that door open. I don't know. Have you ever been with someone? You can, it is a big Bigger than birth door, which I've been at both. It's a big doorway. And you could feel the whole thing. When my dad died, you could smell the roses. You could smell it. Then we could, and the nurses just said they could smell it because he was in the hospital when he crossed over and we all were there. Um, I, you know, I held my cat when my cat died. Is he, you know, I held him when he died. Um, um, so it's sad. Because you're going to lose that person here in the physical that you love. I mean, you love that person. You're never going to have them. And even though, like I say, I mean, she's come and shown me a lot of things. In fact, I'm quite sure I'm a very different person because she crossed over when she did than I would be if she was still here because I would just always ask her. Like she was like my natural, what should I do? Because I just trusted her as my someone that knows more than me about anything, quite frankly. And so once she crossed, she helped me build my first shop. I mean, she, I, I needed to, um, I needed these certain bolts for the, to put this wall up in, in the cement. And my family was out there and they said, well, we'll put it up for you, but you have a cement uh, bolts. I said, I don't know. So I went, she, she lived with me for a while actually when she was sick and um I went and got her that two toolbox that she left, and you know, to the number, everything with that they needed was in there. I think the world is a completely magical place, and I don't mean like all kinds of. I, you know, it's it's a shame we have such people have such a negative connotation because I think the world is alive and magical, and like. If we just would, in fact, I asked the earth uh, about 10 years ago, I guess it was, I said, why do you let us on here if we're we're so destructive to you and could be so disrespectful to you? And she said, it was a female voice. I've heard both female, male, but this is a female voice. And she said, Gloria, because I want to be loved and seen too. And I thought, oh, 
man, doesn't that make sense? So I try to, I love you. I say good morning to the world when I let my dog out and go out and say, good morning, everybody. Good morning, bird. Everything is alive. We just don't know it's alive or people don't know. I know it is, but I don't know how you don't, it's just alive. How else would you dig the dirt and insects and worms and everything is alive. And if you put it under a microscope, everything is moving, living, you know? I believe that a lot of my audience are people that are grieving because they've lost somebody and, Uh. um, you know, they're curious if they're okay on the other side and or they may be questioning their own existence. What kind of advice can you give them? I would say that, one, talk to them. It, and grieving is normal. You have to let that happen. We have these emotions for a reason. I don't think it's healthy, obviously, to just stay in that grief forever. But that even that is relative to that person. That's an individual walk. And so I, if somebody's grieving or depressed around me, I let them have that space to be depressed. And then at some point I go over and I might bring a movie like What About Bob over mm. to, to show them something happy and like, okay, it's time to open the curtains and let the light back in. But it's all, everything is a gift. Every, or we wouldn't have it. I mean, it's all a part of this wondrous where we're at down here of feeling. And um, so I would say, hello, have your grief. And you can't tell somebody, oh, it's going to be okay. Just don't. I don't really like those little kind of sayings like that, quite frankly, because you don't know for someone. And sometimes I can even, I think it could even feel cruel. Uh, to someone. So I don't say that. I or I try not to say it. You have to let them be and hold them and love them and try to give them whatever it is that you have in your little body, being ex- world to, to share with them and uh, let them have that grief. Um, I will tell you that, like people say, well, what about if you commit suicide or something? Well, the thing I told you is I saw my family grieving and you will see your what you leave behind down here. I strongly, I mean, I did. I guess I can't say everybody will, but I think you will. And so uh, I would never just say, go ahead and cross over. And the other thing is, gosh, if I'd learned a lot since then, a, a lot. And there's so much more to learn. There's so much more to experience. And I mean, I just got to experience you for the first time today. And it's fantastic. It's like a gift. It's a trip for me. So I say, talk to, talk to them and, and ask before you go to bed, like ask for them to, you know, be trying to experience them in a dream um, which may be the easier way to do that. Uh, but they're there. They're not gone. Um, I guess I can't speak for everybody, but I think you'd have to do an awful lot to not, you know, at some point. Now, like I said, because um, I know somebody said, well, I could just do whatever I want. God's just going to forgive me. And that didn't feel right either. And then I realized when I was in that Coliseum, um, whatever it was when I died, Like I said, it was fathoms of these rows way out into the wherever that universe would be, like to Mars or something, maybe. And everybody, you you desire that God right in the center and anything in their soul much. So all I could think of is if you you think about how much you desire somebody or you love someone and you want to be with them so bad well if you magnify that by a hundred bazillion times think about not being able to connect not being way up there and not now it's the speck or something that you get you can't connect to so you definitely want to walk a good road the best you can do down here like we're fallible Jesus falls with his cross we're going to fall with our cross we're not perfect by any in fact, I think there's some, I can't, I forget where, but Jesus basically is like, well, so how you been doing with those 10 commandments? Oh, you're not doing so good. Exactly. Cause you're human and you're going to fall and that's okay. But you just want to get up and say, 
God help me do the right thing now. And if you've hurt someone, ask for forgiveness. And if you don't have the guts to ask them in person, pray about forgiveness. And I believe in lighting. I light a little white candle every day um, for especially right now on the planet to bring that light. That's, I don't think it's an accident. I think every tradition does that. Burns incense, sage, because the smoke does lift uh, up your prayers, your thoughts, your intentions. Um, so I would do, I, that's what I do personally. You have a book called Alchemy of the Soul. Do we find that on Amazon or do you have a website? Well, I have a website, which is arcoftheancients.com, A-R-C-O-F-T-H-E, ancients, A-N-C-I-E-N-T-S.com. Um, but I don't, I, it's really finished, uh, I finished writing it, um, but I don't have it in a book format yet. I just have the cover sort of done and I have, uh, it's, you know, the chapters are written. I've been releasing a lot of it because I talk about my, the near-death experience. Like then I talk about all the other experiences I have all the time or anything, insight, the, the way the mystery unpacks and unfolds for me. Um, and I do that on my blog, which is, I think it's archancientblogspot.com but just A-R-C-A-N-C-I-E-N-T.com. I think I sent it to you, but I forget. I'd have to look it up, be honest with you. Well, I can put the links to it in the description of the video. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you. Okay, because, yeah. My, uh, the things I, I think about that are important are not always the things that are people think, memory-wise and all of that. So, yeah. Besides the book, do you have anything else going on that you'd like us to know about? Well, I do. Uh, I've been making aromatherapy products um, since... Well, I took my first, I trained in and I studied my first class actually with Hannah Kroger in the 80s. And then I kept, you know, I still do with all different uh, people, um, usually done by OU. There's off-campus training uh, with professors down there. And I like to, I like to be in the woods. In fact, uh, if I have time, I would go there. Um, one, and they come in a different way. They, I'm inspired. I was at a, um, one of my, uh, I don't know, it was a four or five day class down in uh, Barbara Bobo's barn. And there's maybe 20 some women in this. I was only women, not because that's not, that's all that was invited, but that tends to be the people that, because it's not like some lucrative career unless you're corporate and you have all this. Uh, we're not those people, right? So I'm not that person. Um, so uh, she's, Jeannie Rose is distilling and she's doing heliochrism and then she does um the geranium and she starts talking about how it will heal your reproductive organs and i'm like you can't heal internal organs with that you know because i'm just thinking of the smell or pain or something and about half a dozen women they turn around look at me and they go well yes you can so i'm like what and then i get uh up, you know, I start crying and I think I'm going to get out of here. I have to leave because I've already had a hysterectomy because that whole thing that I went through made that very difficult with lots of adhesions. And so, in fact, they ripped me back open at one point when I was in the hospital and put like a turkey baster in there, literally, and sucked that poison out. And they never sewed me back together because they still thought I wasn't being able to, I was not going to be able to get through it. So I was pretty disheartened that something so ancient was not we didn't have the internet back then was not more readily available so I went out I'm sobbing 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 and you know because I wanted to have a baby and um, all of a sudden I feel this light come over me it's this golden light and it's the angel Gabriel and angel Gabriel says to me Gloria it may be too late for you to it may be too late for you but it's not too late for you to help a lot of other, he says, women in there and people. And I'm just mad. And I say, I don't care. I'm not doing it. I've done, you know, you keep asking me and I do it. And I just wanted that one thing. And uh, I know this sounds terrible, but again, I'm wrestling, right? With God. And that's okay. Cause that's what happens as we become adults. You know, you just, I think it's just normal. And, um, 
then finally I went, all right, I will do it. And that is that wise woman formula I got. When I went back in, I sat back down and this woman comes walking over to me. Her name is Linda Honeycutt Legrand and she's from South Carolina. And she's got this paper against her chest. And she says, she said, she's Miss Gloria. When you came back in, the angel Gabriel was holding you. So I drew this picture for you. I wanted to give you the angel Gabriel. I'm like, what? You saw that? Which, that's the other thing for me. When I've had so many of these experiences, God gives me a witness. Okay? And witnessing is, that's like, you know, the earth going, see me. It's the first game you play with a baby is I see you. And when I work on someone, um, I, I say uh, the Magnificat a lot um, when I'm working on someone. And I realize you're really just witnessing someone's pain. And that may be even one of the best things you could do is to be there, to say, I see you, I'm with you. And, um, and I think that's the higher octave of that. Uh, it's the mystery to thou shalt not bear false witness because you know you wouldn't lie about somebody, but to bear true witness when you you look in someone's eyes and you see them and love them, you bear true witness, and that is a deeper mystery to me, and that's what it's really about is to I see you, I see you. And that's what you play with a baby. First thing, the baby will play that all day, every day. Peekaboo, I see you. Peekaboo, I see you. That's life, everything. And, and my guru, um, which I also found mysteriously on a jaunt um, in a building, um, he says to me, you know, when you are meditating, you may see some things and it could be scary. And I'm thinking, what? What do you mean it's scary? Because <laughs> none of my death was like, I didn't see anything scary and all that. And I was like, what? And he goes, no, no, it will be okay. You will say, uh, now I have seen you and now you can go away. And that just ties together with that. I connect things as you can see maybe. And to me, it is about, I see you witnessing no matter what it is could be bad you say well i've seen you and now you can go away after watching this podcast people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions or chit chat with you are you open to that and if so how can they find you or reach you if they go to that website there is a link contact seller or something like that i think it says and they can get a hold of me that way they could just it'll it'll be set to me then through that if that's okay all right well gloria before we finish up can you leave us with one last positive message the greatest of these is love all we have to do is love one another and everybody is fighting a mighty battle down here most of the time now just if you can be kind be kind No matter what you think, you have no idea what someone is really going through behind the scenes. Just be kind. Be kind. Gloria, thank you for that message. And thank you again for being my guest today. I appreciate you and I wish you the best. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you so much. Be crier. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Namaste. Namaste.